Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys. We're so glad you're here. We are talking about a really crucial, important topic right yes. now, cultivating a teachable heart in your children. This is important for so many reasons. We're going to give you some practical wisdom on this. That's right. So I'm going to ask you a few questions just so that you can get excited, okay? Because a lot of times when we start a podcast, we start talking about something else at the beginning, but I really want you to be thinking for a second. Maybe, maybe you are listening and you're like, okay, Isaac and Angie... What 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 do you mean by teachable heart? So yes, we're going to talk about your kids having a heart attitude, wanting to learn from you, but really it goes much deeper. Um, are your kids hard to correct? I'm just going to ask you a couple questions. Are your kids hard to correct? Are they hard to teach? Are they? Do they have an attitude of like I know it all? Do they assume they know what you're going to say and interrupt? Or maybe, and when I say, are they hard to teach or are they hard to correct? Like I'm talking about their attitude. Do they roll their eyes? Do they talk back? Maybe they don't listen and they keep doing what they're doing. Maybe they say no. Or maybe they pretend to listen, but don't implement. That's right. There are so many different ways that that this specific topic of what we're talking about could actually be, um, like if it was cultivated within your family culture, it would impact so many different aspects of your family life. And let's just be candid here. This is an ongoing, never stopping effort. Oh, 100%. And with what end goal? The end goal is, is that we would prepare our children to be confident, courageous kids for an uncertain world. But honestly, like the whole uncertain world part of that, like they need to have a teachable heart so that when they're living life, if they need to do something they've never done before, they have a heart attitude that's like, okay, I'm going to learn something new. That's part of being resilient. And a few weeks ago, we did a podcast about being resilient. But yeah. having a teachable heart is an important part of being able to adapt to change. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's going to be important mm -hmm. in 10 years when your mm -hmm. kids launch? That's right. So anyway, today we are going to be talking about cultivating a teachable heart. We're super excited <laughs> to dive into this topic today. Um, but before we do, we just want to say thank you for joining us on this awesome journey of um, just impacting legacies yeah. for the kingdom of God. We love hearing your testimonies. We love it when we get emails from you, when we see written reviews on iTunes. Um, and thank you. Thank you for those of you who have supported the ministry, either through donations or buying a course or merch. Um, it just really encourages Isaac and I. And you can do that at CourageousParenting.com. Also, all show notes, lots of free resources. Mm -hmm. CourageousMom.com has great blog posts. And Resolute man.com since father's day is coming it's got a great man merch shop but you can also find the be courageous shop at courageousparenting.com too that's right awesome okay so let's dive in yeah so first thing we want to kick off with is this concept it's really a question mm -hmm. are you esteemed by your child as the most valuable teacher 
such an important question to ponder. Maybe have a marriage conversation about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe one of the spouses is esteemed more than others. And why is that? So let's talk about some of those reasons why um, sometimes maybe we're not esteemed in the way we should be. Mm -hmm. And what is going on with how you lift up your spouse in front of your kids? Right. So I I guess another way to, to put this would be to ask yourself a question. Has your influence in your child's life, been diminished? Has it been diminished? Yeah. How has it been diminished? And by who? Yeah. And husbands, I just, just a quick encouragement is we really have a lot of power with our words Mm -hmm. and we need to not be men of few words. We need to be men of a lot of words, good words, wisdom. The we right need, amount of words. The right amount of words. Yeah. More than sometimes we think we need to share. That's something I've learned. And it's important that we're proactively, with purpose, lifting up our wives as a person that's good to glean wisdom from, that's brilliant and smart and loving, and to, to talk about her in ways that just really make the kids look up to her. And it's not the only reason they're going to do that, but boy, do you make a difference. Oh, makes a huge difference. And I would say that, you know, when you were mentioning like one thing that you've been challenged in over the years is having more words, like actually speaking um, affirmations about me, for example, to the kids or in front of the kids so that they have more respect for me. Sometimes women, we need to use less words, right? I mean, that's something that I've learned over the years. Less words in even in teaching, right? Sometimes you can give a kid um, the right direction in learning something and you don't even have to be the one that's reading all of the content. You could have them read it too, right? And so sometimes one of the best ways to grow in respect for the from your kids, like for your kids to grow in respecting you as a teacher, is to ask them questions to lead them to truth and to teach them things too. Yeah. So that's one thing. Look at your spouse relationships and then look at external relationships and influences on your kids. It could be teachers, coaches, it could be peers, it could be extended family, lots of different areas. And do those relationships with your kids improve your influence or diminish your influence? I know that there's, you know, when we're talking about this topic of, you know, influence and if people are actually helping us or hurting us, really, our reputation with our children, because that really is where it begins. I think that it's important that we understand that, you know, there are a lot of great teachers out there that can actually help improve your influence with your child. And then there are teachers out there that also believe they've been indoctrinated by their education, actually. They believe that they are the ones that are knowledgeable and should be teaching your children and you should just be encouraging them. I know you have some proof of that. Right. Well, I I mean, you guys know on Instagram, you get messages from all kinds of people, but there was one time where Isaac and I shared a simple truth such as, you are your child's most valuable teacher. And I got a few messages from teachers going, I'm a teacher and actually I think that it's better if parents are just in encouragement and they leave the teaching to us teachers. And I was just like, whoa, you've got to be kidding me. Um, Biblically speaking, speaking, try reading Deuteronomy. How about Exodus? How about even just in the New Testament? And you'll see that God has commanded us as parents to be proactive with the jurisdiction of teaching our children. And so no one can take that away from you. This is a God-ordained 
stamp of approval. You are your child's first, most influential teacher. Now, this isn't just about academics either, because if if they don't look at you as the most important teacher, this bleeds into all kinds of other things. You're trying to influence their character. You're trying to, you want your kids to be obedient to you because they love you and respect you, right? Well, if there's others usurping your authority and they're looking up to others more than you, for one thing, it might bleed into other things. Mm -hmm. And just be aware of how peers might even cause disrespect too. Some kids are raised to believe Mm -hmm. that parents don't matter too much or they shouldn't be held accountable or shouldn't obey Mm -hmm. their parents. And that might that influence might spread off on your kids. You know, and I would also say too, that I think that this is an important, I mean, we're talking about our children respecting us as an authority, um, being able to teach them, right? That's really what we're talking about here. But there's also an element of spiritual development too. I know that sometimes Isaac will post things like on Resolute Man, encouraging other men saying, hey men, if you're a father, you're a pastor. Mm -hmm. You're a pastor of your family. And that in no way should be in competition with your pastor. They should be working synergistically together in a way that is building up your child in spiritual maturity, right? Same thing goes for like youth pastors or different things like that. There shouldn't be a loyalty to those of uh, spiritual authorities in your child's life more so than you, actually. There needs to be a proper and correct um, alignment, if you will, yeah. of who your kid respects most on these different things. And that might be actually a challenge. Maybe you're a dad and you're listening right now and you're like, oh, I don't know if I have that much respect for my kids that they would want to learn about the Bible from me. I want to challenge you because I have seen Isaac over the last 22 years. He, Yes, he's grown. And you will too. Mm-hmm. Like it is awesome to see your kids come back when they've grown. We have two that are launched, right? We, we're about to graduate our third. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome to see them say, hey, dad, can I go out with you? And they ask him wisdom and they talk to him about different things. I love that. I love that they come to him for spiritual wisdom and knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't something that we like set out to do back 22 years ago when we were pregnant with our first baby. It was something that a few years in, we realized, hey, hold on a second. That's our position. We need to really own that and start stepping up mm-hmm. our game and trying harder. Totally. And it was just a, a process over time. It's a journey. Yeah. And uh, you get better and better at you know using your influence. And words are powerful, right? So in Proverbs 1, 5, let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. And so we want our kids to have that perspective as they're growing older. This is an uncertain world and they need to be resilient and Mm -hmm. adapt to change well. So it's super important. And that's, I mean, that's also part of like preparing them for the uncertain world, right? Like this verse actually is one of the things that I would say across the board, all parents would want that for their children, that they would increase in learning and understanding, right? Isn't that something that we want for our kids? Um, I, I just think that if you give your kids this this insatiable, teachable heart, if you model it for them, if you're really working hard at um, trying to teach them how to have a teachable heart, really, you're going to be setting them up for success. Now, here's a test. Do they listen and ask questions or do they argue with you? Or Mm. do they assume that you're wrong? 
I mean, that's a big thing. Like, okay, so the or do they immediately assume you're wrong? I, I would say that, like, maybe this is more for older kids. You mm-hmm. might see this. Parents will oftentimes come to us and be like, we'll try to correct our 16-year-old or our 13-year-old, and they'll roll their eyes or they don't listen or this and that, or they'll start Googling it to see if they're right. And that is really a heart attitude. That is a symptom of something that's deeper on a respect level of them not being um, wanting to learn from you or them not trusting that they can learn from you, actually. And so we need to ask ourselves, why does our kid view us this way and either work at the relationship or maybe we need to really switch some things up to fix and correct that. And you have to work on this when they're young so that it is good in the teenage years because that's when there is a lot of influence from the world, regardless of how they're schooled or anything. There's mm-hmm. there's a gradual exposure to the world and that, that can impede on you. Mm-hmm. So you got to do mm-hmm. that early. And it's never too late if you already have teenagers and you can always have a clean slate on this too. So, right. But hey, our second point for you guys is be aware of perfectionism. And you can start to see this in your kids at a young age. It's really important that Mm -hmm. your kids do not grow up to be perfectionists because what will happen is they become afraid to risk. And in this world, appropriate risk is important. They'll be afraid to risk trying new things, for example, unless they know for sure they're going to be able to do it really well. That's the enemy that that's the problem with perfectionism is they only do things they know they're going to excel at and do well at. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you try new things? How do you learn new things? This could really impact what vocation they go into and all kinds of things. They maybe won't even explore areas that would have been a better path for them. So it's so important when they're young that we pick up on this. Mm -hmm. I even think about certain kids being wired different ways. I mean, we've with nine children, we have one child that is more wired to to be prone to only want to do things that he's going to succeed at, for Mm -hmm. example. I don't know if you have a kid that's that way. If you do, though, you guys, cultivating a teachable heart in your children, you will see even that child start trying new things. And it's beautiful because that's what we're seeing in the specific child that's really hardwired that way. And I would be careful, too, if you have a kid that you always say, wow, you're really smart. Wow, you're really smart. Wow, you're really brilliant. Wow, you're so smart. And it's not balanced with, wow, I really like the courage in trying something new. Mm -hmm. Wow, I really like how you did that. I know it didn't turn out the way you wanted, but way to go. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud Proud of of you you. for doing something challenging. You're courageous. So as much as we should say someone's smart, we should be saying you're brave, you're courageous, way to try new things over and over again. Mm Because if it's only on the smart side, when they're older, they're only going to want to do things if they know they're going to look smart. Well, and I think that there's an, a, a temptation for them to even grow arrogant, yeah. actually, if they're always being called out for the smart thing, but not for the other things, then they're going to actually subconsciously think that you value their intelligence above everything else. Now, if I was to ask you that question, what is the most important thing that you want for your kids? You're, you're likely thinking... Well, that they would believe in Jesus, that they would have spiritual maturity, that they would grow up in him, that they'd want to live their life for Jesus. Yes. But if you are not ever affirming those things in your kids and the only thing that you're focusing on affirming or the thing that you're affirming the most is intelligence, for example, there's going to be your kid is receptive and they're going to take something away from that that maybe you don't even intend. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be really careful. And I think, you know, another aspect of this regarding perfectionism is report cards. 
I, I really don't like report cards hmm. because I, I, there can be some good aspects to it, I guess, as far as like evaluating what your child has truly comprehended. But for the most part, most parents just want their kids to get straight A's. Right. Or they want the report card and they'll they'll praise the the A's, but they don't praise the harder earned B or C mm-hmm. that had a really tough teacher where they were communicating all year long and knowing how hard that subject was with their kids. I would say, like, go out and celebrate the kid getting a C plus if they that was their hardest subject and you saw them toiling and working really hard and standing up for righteousness, maybe when their teacher was not. I mean, like, there's all kinds of things, right? Like you get them the ice cream cone for that, not for the A's they got on the report card. For where there's adversity. They need to be strong. They need to be uh, open and receptive to learning new things, being challenged yeah. by you. Are your kids receptive mm-hmm. to the challenges you bring to them, to persevering when they want to mm-hmm. quit and these kinds of things? That's part of having a teachable art. I think that perfectionism too can oftentimes, you know, I've seen this over the years where you bump into a kid that is kind of a know-it-all, mm. right, Isaac? Yeah. And a lot of times that know-it-all it's a cultivated thing in a child if they have that kind of attitude. Sometimes it's a family culture, and then it's the right know it where alls. it's right. Yeah, it can be, but a lot of let's let's just talk about this first section because it's actually part of a perf- a parent making perfectionism an idol, mm-hmm. right? Um, in regards to like if they're in school or homeschooling, it can happen in both outright equally. If there is such a huge um, appreciation or I'm just, there's no other word for it. If they've made an idol out of knowledge, then they, the parent will be putting so much emphasis on like gaining knowledge and getting the best grade or whatever it is, and then applauding it and affirming it so much so that the child starts to grow arrogant. And then they, they think they do know everything. And part of building good relationships isn't about telling people all that you know. We right. all know this, right? Yeah. So if if your kids grow up and they only share their knowledge with people, they're going to have a rough time because really part of building good relationships is asking other people what they have knowledge about mm-hmm. and having a back and forth kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. But having that know-it-all attitude will be harmful mm-hmm. and it develops Pride, which we'll talk about in a little bit. It's interesting. Proverbs 18 verse 2 says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only expresses his opinion. I like that. So that's, that's kind of like what we're talking about here regarding a know-it-all, yeah. right? They're going to express their opinion or their knowledge, their opinion based upon their knowledge, and they're not going to dig deeper for understanding. And so yeah. this really is, um, again, this is a true gift that you can give your children even for them to be able to develop deep, long-lasting, healthy relationships as an adult and as a child if you teach them to have a teachable heart. Having a teachable heart, so what is a characteristic of that? One characteristic of that is going, I want to learn from all people, mm-hmm. regardless of their age. Ageism does not exist. We don't puff ourselves up or have a low confidence because we're young. 
No, right? No. And so like within our family, this is, you guys, if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you know, we talk about ageism almost every single podcast because it's something that we noticed among actually public school kids because of segregation and kids going to Sunday school and being segregated where older kids were being mean to younger kids. Mm-hmm. And we were like, nope. This is not going to exist in our family. We want our kids to respect one another and learn what that looks like at a young age. But part of this is also like, can your kids learn things from one another? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there have been a few traditions that we've done over the years. You don't have to do these. These are not prescriptive. But if you want to adopt them, go ahead. We don't care. Um, the birthday tradition mm-hmm. where we sit around the table and we we each share with that person, one thing that we love about them or we appreciate about them or we've learned from them or something like that. And we get to speak into their lives. Yeah, many things. We share many things. And I, I just think that that aspect, I also think about another little tradition we did when the kids were little where Isaac was, he wanted them to practice teaching the word. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when the kids used to do this? And they yeah. would they would read from the Bible and they would teach what that little verse meant and they they were young. And for them to do that, in front of their siblings and for their siblings to listen and have a teachable heart and learn from one another. If you start doing that with your kids when they're younger, they're much more apt to let one another have influence in each other's life in a good way, Mm. in a spiritual way when they're older. But it comes down to, again, cultivating a teachable heart in your family. On perfectionism too, sometimes uh, it can be easy with kids to always have an answer. And as adults, we can always give our kids an answer to something. It doesn't mean it's a full answer, but we can make it sound like a full Mm -hmm. answer because we feel like this burden to be the teachers to always have a complete answer. And what I've found is it's better Mm -hmm. to only give an answer when I really truly know the full answer. And if not, I go, let's look this up together or I'm not sure. I think we'll have to figure that out. And I, what what that has done, Angie does this too, is that that models for them, okay, I don't need to know everything. Yeah. I, and I don't dad, need to be a perfect parent. I, yeah. I look up to my dad. I look up to my uh-huh. mom and they're really knowledgeable, but they really are... They, they don't try to know more than they do know. If and they're they okay had a word, learning. Yeah. I love that because if they had a word for it, I, I hope that my kids would look at us and go... They have a humble heart attitude themselves, right? Because mm-hmm. that's really what this comes down to is, is having teachability. We need to be humble enough in recognizing I need to learn something here, yeah. right? And so, um, but a lot of times people will make idols out of things, for example. And I think that this is just a good warning. I think a good question for all parents to make, like, do we make idols out of perfectionism and then put these these things on a pedestal and only affirm the really the perfect work mm-hmm. right this would be another thing like if we're if we're only affirming the perfect a plus or the best effort possible and we're not affirming them trying then they're going to be less likely to risk trying new things that they will mess up because the reality is is when you try new things usually mess up a few times before you get it messing up is how you learn and really I was just even thinking about like us with gardening right like yes I've gardened a lot over the years but there was a good seven years when we lived in central Oregon where I wasn't gardening a lot and we're in a totally different climate so it's a whole new experience and experiment here and I keep telling my kids that, well, let's give it a try. It's an experiment. I don't know. We're going to figure it out. I think an important thing on teachability is to teach them what failure is. 
and that there isn't really failure. Uh, we may not get the outcome we want, but what do we learn from it? And yeah. you guys all know this, but are we instilling this into our kids in the times where they make mistakes? Mm-hmm. Wow, what do we learn? Wow, that's interesting. And, and you're gonna, you know more now, and mm-hmm. you'll do better the next time. And just how they handle adversity, how they handle things not turning out right, is such a vital skill in but these uncertain times. It's interesting because it really does come down to as parents what we model for our kids, which we'll talk a little bit more about, but mm. I can't not bring this yeah. up because the reality is is if we were going to try something new like gardening. I know a lot of people are starting to garden for the first time ever and I'll, imagine if you weren't expecting or if you had unrealistic expectations of yourself to have complete success in every area. You're going to be let down. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you just throw everything out, the tools out with no, you're not going to. You have to keep trying. That's how we learn. But there is a certain type of person that's wired, right? Where they have to learn all the things before they give it a try, but that becomes their stumbling block. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they miss their window on trying things, or they make it look so hard to their kids to, before they even try something because oh nope, I gotta read all of this before we can do it. It makes it it models for your kids that it's actually harder. Mm -hmm. And so I I think sometimes we just need to do, and sometimes one good thing to model, which the previous example gives, is do we have books? Do your kids see you learning? Do they see you having a teachable heart and going, hey, I don't know how to can. I'm going to go buy that book on canning. I'm going to watch that video on canning. Mm -hmm. You know, And so whatever your thing is, do your kids see you learning And do you delight in it? Love it. Now, our third point for you is patience. It takes a lot of patience to cultivate a teachable heart. It never stops. It's an ongoing Mm -hmm. process. You're always going to be working on it because, you know, let's say you really are having an issue with your kids obeying you, Mm -hmm. you know? That one thing takes patience. Why does it take patience? Because to address that correctly, it's going to take stopping your agenda looking eye to eye, talking about the heart issues going on, Mm -hmm. really addressing it. Sometimes you might prescribe a consequence or sometimes you might not. Uh, you're, You're to judge that. But it's really important to have patience because when we rush these moments, you're gonna just further hurt the teachability of your kids. Mm -hmm. But when you spend that extra time, and Angie's super good at this, when you spend that extra time, it really cements a different kind of relationship. Uh, One where, wow, she's really taking that. What do teachers do? They spend time, Mm -hmm. unending time to make sure you understand the deeper issues Mm -hmm. of things and what's going on and why this is important. And what does the Bible say? And Mm -hmm. hey, what's going on with you to, 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 be disrespecting me yeah. right now and these kinds of things and obviously age appropriate right if they're really young it's mm-hmm. you know a shorter conversation but <laughs> yeah so i mean patience though it goes into many things not just that think ask yourself the question like what things in your parenting do you try to teach your kids that require patience potty training requires in immense amount of patience on the part of the mom and dad, right? Like potentially pulling your car over a million times for a 30-minute drive, it becomes a 50-minute drive because the little kiddo has to go potty again. Patience. Um, I even think about curiosity. Kids, God hardwired all kids to just be curious. And if you don't stifle that, you will enjoy and delight in a little toddler and a two-year-old and a three-year-old and four-year-old, maybe even an eight-year-old that they, they, they just 
know how to delight in the frogs and the rocks and the worms and they slow down because they're curious. Mm -hmm. They love to learn. But a parent that doesn't have patience and doesn't appreciate that God hard wiring in their kids might unknowingly stifle that curiosity and that teachable heart by rushing things, Mm -hmm. by not enjoying those things with their kid, right? Mm -hmm. And trying to push them on to the next big kid thing too Mm -hmm. soon. Um, And, you know, we got to be careful not to squinch the curiosity in our kids, Mm -hmm. right? Um, We need to not... um, discourage them from asking the why. And when I'm talking about the why, of course, there's two different whys. Mm -hmm. We go more into the other kind of why, which is more of a disrespectful why. That's not the kind of why I'm talking about now, but we go into that more in the Parenting Mentor Program, which you can find out about CourageousParenting.com. But we need to be patient parents who are not scolding our kids when they ask why, but really engaging in conversation with our kids when they ask why and encouraging them to keep learning. Yeah. And it takes patience too. And, uh, repetition. Sometimes right. we can think, well, I, last week I just taught this to this kid, the importance of listening to me. We talked about why it's important to listen. We just covered a Bible verse and listen. Why are they not listening to me a week later? They're well, not adults. It's yeah. parenting's a long game. As it Andrew is. Says. Yeah. It's it, it literally repetition is vital. Mm-hmm. It takes us. Doesn't God do that to us? He teaches Mm -hmm. us something and then we fall back into not learning the lesson anymore. And then he tests us again and he teaches Mm -hmm. us again. You know, we need to be good leaders, good at influence. And good leaders are willing, they have the patience to repeat. That's right. You know, but our next point here that's so important is is really at the core of the problem of why. So we've already talked about like what things to watch out for that could stifle a teachable heart like perfectionism. Um, and we've talked about what will encourage a teachable heart in the culture of your family, which would be patience. Um, and also, you know, evaluating influences that might be impeding upon your influence as a teacher in your child's life. Um, But pride is another one. It is. Let's start with a verse on this because it is a big deal, isn't it? It really is. Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. Don't we want our kids to be humble? We do. Yeah. And we don't want them to be in bondage in the bondage of sin, specifically the sin of pride is what we're talking about here. I think that when we don't correct our children, Mm -hmm. that is probably the single most um, impactful thing. If we don't correct our children or we don't ever tell them no, or we don't like really address when they're doing something wrong, they can grow in pride, right? And if we don't notice when they're being prideful, and if we don't use yes. that word, you are being prideful, Yes. then they're not learning to temper that part of themselves um, when it gets out of hand, because yeah. um, it's really important. You know, when we're older, what happens? When we get too prideful, what happens? God humbles us. You know, mm-hmm. we have a testing period, I mean, financially yep. or whatever it is. Yep. And... Um, when kids are young, you know, God is working in their lives, but they're under our direct influence mm-hmm. living in our home. Kind of, you know, their rhythms of their days are very much led by us, especially when they're really young. Mm-hmm. And so 
I think God really uses us to temper that pride. And if we're not parents that are tempering their pride when they're young, they're going to experience that difficulty when they're older. And it's really going to diminish their opportunities, going to diminish their relationships, going to diminish their path in life. Because we have to, especially in these uncertain times where things are changing, the speed of change is so rapid, we have to be constant learners. Mm -hmm. We have to be teachable. Of course, you're going to also listen to different podcasts on this, but be careful who they learn from, Mm -hmm. obviously, Mm -hmm. but they need to not have pride about themselves. And I I think one good test is if the kids don't want to learn something, like we need to ask why. Is it the teacher they don't want to learn from? Is it that they have a hardened heart attitude towards learning something new because they think pridefully think they're doing it right their way. Mm-hmm. Their way is the only way. Um, whereas with most most things in life, there are many different ways. One might be more effective, but there are many different ways. I'll use dishwashers as an example. There are many different ways to load a dishwasher. And if you watch how your kids interact when they're when they're loading a dishwasher, you'll see some kids pridefully think that their way is so much so the right way that it should be the only way. Mm-hmm. And then they it. and they force it, and they maybe even tear down their sibling, and lower the sibling other sibling's confidence, who's just learning and trying it out for the first time, simply because they want it done their way. And I think there are probably some parents that struggle with that too. I know I, when I was a first time mom, I had to really let go of my expectations regarding how my dishwasher was loaded, sure among many got, things. I'm sure when you got married too, because I certainly did. It <laughs> Right. And I think that, you know, part of that is understanding that people are wired differently. But part of it, too, is just going, hey, you know what? If the dishes are clean, isn't that really the ultimate goal? Like, really? So let it go. It doesn't have to be perfect, right? This is another example of making perfection potentially an idol or my way an idol, actually. And sometimes that pride shows up even more in kids when they're not around their parents. Right. And so do you really know your kid's behavior when they're hanging out at someone else's house or whatever's happening. That is important to really understand that and to build relationships with other parents Mm -hmm. to where there's comfort in talking to each other about, you know, opportunities for each other's kids. We need to get that intel. We need to know because if you don't address it now, it just grows. It's like a, Mm -hmm. it's like a thistle. We have lots of thistles at our house. Mm -hmm. And when they're small, we just pulled out some small ones in our new front yard because we're growing grass and you just pull it right out. Boom. It's super, it right. super easy. Super easy. But those and big ones out in the some, back of the horse pasture. Oh, they're oh. like five feet tall and they're like five inches in, in diameter, diameter at the base. It oh. takes a special weed eater blade even to cut through it. It is, it is a big, big deal. And sin is like that in all of our lives, right? If we take care of it when it's small, it's much easier to change. But if we don't take care of it when it's small, it grows into a much harder weed to pull. So let's deal with it in real time. If there's pride, if mm-hmm. there's a lack of teachability, if um, you're, you notice your spouse not having patience, encourage mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Let's make sure we remain in that God-authorized position as the most important, valuable teachers in our mm-hmm. kids' lives and that they're responding in the right way yeah. most of the time. Hey, your kids aren't perfect. Our kids aren't perfect. So don't be discouraged when you listen to this. Wow, my kids aren't super teachable. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? There's something called sin and we 
all as human beings have a temptation to gravitate towards mm-hmm. that if we're not being filled by the Spirit and reading mm-hmm. the Bible and these kinds of things, and we all make mistakes. And so repetition is important just because your kids aren't always looking at you and I'm ready to learn, Mama. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's exactly. Just, it's just not, there's no perfect utopia like that. But what we do want to do is constantly mm-hmm. improve the teachability of our kids. And I think, you know, you guys, one last encouragement on this is that kids grow in their teachability towards you when you invest in a, a relationship with them, when you delight in teaching them. And so if you want your kids to have a good teachable heart towards learning from you, you need to have a joy when you're teaching your children. If you are joyful about teaching your kids, it's amazing how much you lead your child's heart and their heart attitude. Um, but w- we are so delighted that you joined us. We want to invite you to learn more about the homeschooling blueprint at Courageous Parenting. You just hit the menu bar and you click on homeschooling blueprint. We have a whole session on actually cultivating a love for learning in your kid, which is similar to a teachable heart. And so if you would like to learn more about this kind of a topic, we have six sessions in our homeschool blueprint and it also comes with a 45 page download workbook. Um, So if you are thinking about homeschooling or if you've been doing it for a while, this can be a huge encouragement to you. And we just want to invite you guys to take a look at that. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.